0: a home for you
1: yeah home is where you can walk around in pajamas without feeling unsafe or judged or viewed or vilified home is mostly felt when shared with people you love and people you trust and you feel supported by because that's what makes you feel safe and when you're safe among people among a place and then you're home
2: for sure there's a feeling of safety that i think it's it needs to be the foundation what makes a home I mean, it is definitely about people, of course.
1: I guess, for me, a home, it's a place where I can feel, um, feel safe to be myself at my best and at my worst.
0: To me, home is a synonym to community.
2: Welcome home. I am Morgane O'Lehron, and you're listening to season three of The Humans Inside the Pods, a podcast exploring the power of community, one conversation at a time. On here, we talk about challenges and growth with the people who choose to live with others and share the place they call home. If you're interested in the topic, you might like my book. It's called Have Your Cake and Share It Too, and it's a personal story about the world I grew up in, a world I stepped into, and a world I dream of or the impact community leaving had on me. But back to the episode. We had a great time recording it. We sure hope you enjoy it. If you do, never hesitate to let us know through a review, a share, or a message. It takes a second, but it means a lot.
0: Welcome, Anya, on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. We've been trying back and forth for a long time <laughs> to talk to each other. We're part of a lot of similar communities, um, yes. but mostly because of me, uh, we've had troubles uh, finding a date. So I'm really, really happy that we're we're doing this now. So I'm gonna let you introduce yourself the way you want to, and then we'll just dive into our chat.
1: Yeah, I'm really happy we finally get to meet uh, virtually. <laughs> and my name is Anja. Uh, I'm currently in Rome, Italy, Um, and this is also where my base is for the last one and a half years. Um, But I'm traveling a lot. I would consider myself as a slow traveling nomad. So I always choose a base. It's actually always been within Europe. Um, And then from there, I travel a bit. I work remotely, so I'm quite uh, flexible with that. Um, And well... Originally, I'm from Germany, uh, and then I've been living in different countries and uh, cities uh, throughout the last fifteen years, probably. Wow. Okay.
0: Yeah, I see. I'm. I'm. I was born in Paris, but I also feel like I've been gone for fourteen years. So people yeah. still ask me about tips for Paris, and I'm like, uh, I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always a difficult question where you're from because I've don't really feel related to that place anymore mm. um but at the same time I used to live there for 18 years so at some yeah it's where my roots are in a way um and yeah. it's where I got brought up and what brought me on this on this path that I'm taking now right so that's
0: interesting yeah it's a very interesting question like what happens when you spend more time outside your country than you've spent in your country and then of course the first like 18 years of your life are very defining years so they should weigh a little bit more but then again the experience that you have when you're an adult are also very you know important so yeah okay that's a whole other
1: podcast topic but that's very interesting it's true looking back it's like how you prioritize probably the latest events are way a bit more um even though in retrospect it's probably not true but yeah. <laughs> oh my god.
0: Now I'm like, oh, I would love to dive into that conversation. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh,
0: I'll make a note for later. But um <laughs> you do you did mention that uh it, it brought you on this path that you're on now. So, do you want to we're not going to focus too much on the past, yeah. but if you can just let us know a little <laughs> bit like what brought you to Italy maybe in the first place uh and and what you're doing today.
1: Yeah. So, um We have been, uh, my partner and I um, have moved to Italy, uh, yeah, like I said, about one and a half years ago because of her studies. So she was uh, born and raised in Berlin and never um, really got away from it. And me as um, traveling and working remotely, um, I was very used to being in in a lot of different environments and I always found this super valuable for for me. so the idea came up to let's just um explore a bit and move abroad together um to also give her the chance to um dive into a different culture a bit more deeply i would say than than if you're just visiting as a tourist Mm -hmm. um so we explored different options and we actually were also looking at the scandinavian area like copenhagen i think was high on the list um but then the main reason basically being the climate <laughs> we decided to um go to italy um no it's more than that but like yeah um yeah and especially since now living here um for this time we really um well for me i think i really saw that it, it's the right choice that we made um mm-hmm. because there's so much like richness in this country and this culture, which I love and which I also would love to share. Um, So, yeah, I think we as Germans, we always have this kind of um, love for Italy. I don't it's really weird, but like every German I talk to is like, oh, my God, I love Italy so much, (laughs) the food and um, the people are so nice. And yeah, most most of these like stereotypes. turn out to be quite true. So um, it's it's a good, well, it's a good country to live in, I would say mm. um, from that perspective. But then there's also, of course, the downside of administration and things that don't go so well. And especially if you're doing your own projects or um, trying to set up something here is quite difficult um, especially being a non-italian uh, and everything takes a bit longer than in germany so that's also something i had to learn um, mm. but yeah i find it's always super interesting uh, if if really living abroad in different countries um, you get to see much more and experience much more than um, if you're just traveling or passing through in a way
0: absolutely yeah i've been talking to a lot of like. Digital nomad uh, on the on the podcast, but uh, this is a different. I've I've seen the word slow mad. I think people really like to shorten <laughs> as much as possible nowadays. But um, yeah, like I think I would probably be even slower than a slow mad. So I have my base here in the UK, and I travel a yeah. little bit. Um uh, But yeah. I I agree. I, I feel like I really like to be in one place for quite a long time. So I I can really sorry, get my bearings and get to know the place, get to feel like I'm, uh, yeah. you know, establish a little routine somewhere. Uh, I really yeah, enjoy that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I'm really, like, I'm really adaptable, so whenever I'm in a new place, I try to pick up everything that I can from the local culture and from the people around me and try to experiment a little bit for, and then I would just take what I like um, to incorporate it into my own routines and lifestyle, and the rest I'll just leave and Of course, I have my uh, own things that I stick to, but it's kind of a good mix every time. So now I'm like always drinking espresso in the afternoon. Like I would not go back to drinking a cappuccino like most Germans (laughs) would. (laughs) These kind of things. So it's like little things, but makes you feel really local. (laughs)
0: It's actually not that little thing. That's such a little (laughs) thing, because when I was in Italy last, I got told off by a, um, a waiter for ordering a latte after lunch. Yeah, who, exactly. Who was not happy with <laughs> me, my God. <laughs> what I wanted to ask was uh, maybe what was your first experience of uh, living in community, whatever you want to define community as, like living with other people?
1: Yeah, um, I've actually always lived with other people, except for nine months that I lived alone. <laughs> In Berlin and it was amazing. It was during the pandemic. It was my only living alone experience. Um, and I also really loved it, I have to say. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I've always been in flat shares or like student homes. Um lately I've been more experimenting with co-livings and eco-villages, um, and so on. Uh, but yeah, in the beginning it was really well more due to the necessity of um say yeah being on a budget um and yeah having to to share spaces i would say um and i also see a lot of differences between the different co-living or community living concepts that i've been part of like there's not one that's the same there's oh, really? always a very specific yeah for in my experience it's really like a specific Culture, like in the company culture, you also have this kind of co-living culture that develops in a in a space, and also potentially with a group of people living together. I would say, Um, and yeah, for the for the in the beginning, like for the student houses or even the flat shares, there was mainly no one really taking responsibility for community building or like setting up an intentional community in a way. So it was more like you, you just lived along. uh, Maybe you had some fun together or you were cooking together when it just um, turned out to be, but there was no real like, um, yeah, intentional, a community or facilitation in a, in that way. Um, sometimes conflicts would come up, but um, not always. And then sometimes it would also be like there were conflicts, but they were not spoken about. And so yeah, I've I've made uh, a lot of different experiences. Um, they've actually always been positive in in a way. Mm. Um, some more, some less positive, but there was never really a struggle. I think. Um, yeah uh, thinking back yeah no um <laughs> uh but anyways it was like yeah d- very different and um i think it really really taught me a lot on uh living together and and sharing and being respectful uh with each other um but i did not even considered that much co-living it was more coincidence. now that i look back and i'm working on my own co-living project um because i found this is like the best way for me to to live like um now that i look back i'm like okay i've actually always done that uh, in the past but it has not been uh super intentional of me to to live that way mm-hmm. it's just something that resonated always uh, and happened and yeah. what made
0: what was the switch from kind of like it just happened to this is what I want.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. So different. I think different factors uh, have played together. So it was the move to Italy. Um. Coming back to that journey, maybe. Um. The move to Italy. Um. Then me transitioning out of my. Uh, corporate job. Uh, in a way, the last couple of months. Um really questioning uh the way we live and wanting looking for solutions um let's say not not only with regards to my my career that i've been had for a long time but i w- i was looking for change and i wanted to do something that's more um that i can identify with more and that's gives me more of a purpose um so yeah that was one of the one of the Big transitions I've went through myself. Um, and then being just being in Italy and, and seeing the potential um, here to, to establish something. Um, there are a few co-living projects out there. I'm actually in a co-living right now as well, which is which is really nice. Um, but we were looking more to do something in the um, countryside, in the nature. Um, so that was one of the, one of the other aspects to think like we, we have always been living more in the cities. Um, so looking for a life that's more connected to nature, settled down in a way, uh, in combination with, um, not wanting to be isolated, um, as well. So originally we had, we had the idea to just buy an old farm somewhere in, the countryside of Italy and just, you know, grow our own tomatoes and me, I'm doing ceramics. So we're like, yeah, we're just going to live this nice romantic Italian life. But um, of course, <laughs> we yeah, of course, we didn't want to be completely in our little bubble, um, isolated from the rest of the world. So having this experience of co-living and traveling a lot myself, this all played together in a way so that we yeah. we thought like, hey, this could be actually a very good um, path to solve a lot of problems for ourselves, but also make a positive impact, uh, do something really like purpose driven and um, yeah, integrate with, with local communities. Yeah. So there's a lot of lot of aspects that we are looking to do, but um, mainly that was the motivation and the journey to get yeah. to uh, start something. Uh, here i i i uh, I see a lot of similarity with with
0: my journey here (laughs) so it's quite interesting um and yeah
1: what so uh, you sorry can i ask you (laughs) so you're at are you at salgas right now yes because i've been okay so you just opened it as well right or when yeah so what
0: happened is that this place has been around for a long time, but uh, we were just supposed to do an event there. So the event that you mentioned uh, uh, off, off record. Yeah. Uh, we were looking for a place in nature not too far from London uh, where we could host this event because we started, I mean, mostly my partner and some other people, but then I, I helped out and jumped in, but started this uh, rebuilt um, gathering uh, the first year of the pandemic, I think. And uh, okay. it was first an online event that was really successful, really exciting. And then it became a physical event in different places in the world. And we did the one last year in the Netherlands and my partner is British. And so, yeah, eventually we moved to the UK. And so yeah. we thought we need to to do it here in the UK. And so we we found this place. We found it so beautiful. And like, it's only train ride is two hours from Paddington uh it's not too isolated either because we were a bit afraid yeah. of that so they yeah. are like there are cafes I mean not that many but there's like a couple of cafes you can do walks it's there is a you can take the bus to the big town so it's it's still like it's the countryside but it still has a, a bit of a life um, and so we're like yeah we're gonna do it here and then uh, the people who were running the place uh, said that they were gonna stop their activity and so we got in touch with the owner of the place uh, and we he wanted to sell uh, because no one was gonna be running oh, perfect. it and so we thought okay we can't we can't afford it we couldn't buy it right away uh, but we convinced him not to sell it uh, just now and gave us a couple of like a year or two to run it uh mm. show proof of concept and then buy it and uh, the owner is a person who really wants to do like wants to support projects that he thinks are yeah. good and so he yeah he was very nice and generous and he said yes let's do that so so now we're renting it uh for the next yeah okay days. um yeah we this was something that we always wanted to do but yeah we thought it would happen in our maybe 40s and now (laughs) we're like whoa uh so basically it happened in october november and at the end of december we moved here so it's been super intense um so we did we knew that we would not have time to host like like to promote the event and retreat hosting uh, right away so we thought we're just going to do what we know which is co-living for the first three months mm-hmm. and just talk to our friends and have friends come over and show the place and that will give us time to set up settle down and set up and do some work on the ground I mean everything is mostly ready but there's like a big barn that needed to be turned into an event space which is what we're working on right now amazing um, yeah and so so yeah so we've done a pop-up co-living January February March it just ended now last how week. did it go so good I mean I'm surprised at how many people actually showed up uh, <laughs> I thought I thought it would be me my partner and like you know like an odd <laughs> odd friend <laughs> um but actually we had people every week we were we had like six people staying a month we had um uh, a bunch of friends coming for a week or two we also had uh people who we didn't know directly that were recommended from friends above friends it was, it was really nice um cool. also very when, can, when can i come <laughs> <laughs> you can come whenever you want so <laughs> we, we've now uh stopped the collating pop-up because now yeah. we're starting to get uh private events retreats mm-hmm. and even uh, weddings uh, so we nice. need to and you also that.
1: do B2B I, I saw right yes, yes. and
0: team retreats yeah. and things like that yeah. yes yes cool. yes uh, but you're very welcome to stop by because in between <laughs> you know it's not fully 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 booked every day so we always have days uh, where it's open and we also have a, a another room in our little uh, cottage so we can always host uh, friends
1: nice or latest in uh, July for the rebuild because I'm, I really want to do that
0: Yes, of course. Then if you want to join an event, I would definitely recommend yeah, Enchanted, we call it in the UK. Yeah, uh, yeah. because that's the one we're driving. So most of the events yeah. are privately organized by other people, but this one is really our baby. So we really cool. yeah, really excited about it. Yeah, that. I've
1: been following that community for for a long time, not really actively, but mm-hmm. I would love to dive in more. Um and I have a friend and one of my best friends lives in London, so it could be a good travel opportunity anyway absolutely
0: yeah, yeah yeah but then that's, <laughs> nice. that's a good segue to talk about uh, because obviously i went on your website uh this project that you're launching it's called agaya, Am I agaya. yeah yes <laughs> um and you were talking in there about uh the importance of having a positive local impact and that's also something that we want to figure out how to do we don't want to be like just the people coming up from London and, yeah. you know having our friends and partying. That's not really even though yeah. we're doing that as well. But <laughs> <laughs> we want to, to to connect with the local um community and, and open our space for, for, for their needs as well. Um, so I would love to yeah to hear more about Agaya and what it is and what you dream for it to be.
1: Yeah. Um yeah I do I do see quite some some parallelities <laughs> Um, between your project and, and Agaia, because we also, in the long term, we we are looking for a place here in Italy, probably central Italy, I'm thinking maybe Tuscany, Umbria so should be somewhere in the mountains, um, but still good to reach. Um, so we want to explore a bit more um, about the different regions and get in contact, especially with local communities, which is kind of our approach, like the contact point to, to see if, first of all, which region, where can we like um, attach ourselves to? Where do we have um, local communities that maybe have similar visions or or missions as we, and then to start collaborating with them and look for a space that's in the area? Because otherwise it's just like, where do you start looking? Um, And I, like I said, I don't want to be like this um, just, having this one uh, farm somewhere in the middle of nowhere where we just do our own thing I really would like it to be um, very closely integrated um so we're exploring that and and actually searching for a space um, and also I think what you said about the 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 house owner um, being in support of such a project and being progressively thinking in a way and believing in it I think that's really key because this is not yeah you like we're not investors it's you can probably—it's not the, let's say, best business opportunity for someone to rent or, or sell their house. But if you believe in what we want to do with it, um, and you want to support this project that also can generate a positive impact locally, I think, yeah, we're we're trying to to find these people, um, and also then to to grow a community. A, like a core team, we don't want to do it alone, right now it's um, me, my partner, and another friend um, who's on board, and maybe a friend of hers. Um, But yeah, we're looking to be like a small group of, let's say, um, five, six people to start this project or to continue building this project together, um, also from an investment perspective, of course, um, or some sort of co-ownership. I'm yeah, We're still figuring that out. But um, at first, we we're looking for the perfect place, also wanting to rent it for one, two years, to test it, to really establish these local connections, prove what we can do in the area, um, and then uh, at one point in, invest in, in buying something uh, and setting it up for. Mm a long time. (laughs) So yeah, really kind of a similar um, path. And um, what we're doing currently is we've started to launch a few retreats uh, in different areas um, in Italy, just to start um, testing the the concept, seeing how Italy as a region or even the different regions in Italy, because Italy is like 10 countries in one, Um, how they are perceived, like how happy are people to come here. Um, Also, yeah, exploring the different areas and building connections there, we already have um, started to integrate in some local communities in different villages. Uh, So we want to see how that goes. And I could also imagine that those retreats turn out into something uh, long term. Um, as well. So it could be even different locations. Or if we have found our one space um, that we established long term, we can also imagine doing some retreats there or B2B events or something. Um, so it can be like, yeah, very flexible uh, concept. In the end mm.
0: so at the moment you've identified location that you're kind of renting then for for the yes MS. yeah
1: okay. yeah so these retreats or experiences we we have rented uh, three different locations um and it's gonna be a co-living but for especially for these um events we also bring partners on board uh, from our side so we have the local partners of course but we also have um trainers, facilitators, uh, coaches on board uh, who have different backgrounds in the area of mindfulness, professional development um, that we work with, uh, with the group of people who is going to be there.
0: Mm -hmm. And the group of people, is it always like a team or can it be individuals who just happen to want to go somewhere for that period?
1: Um, So right now it's individuals for the retreats we're organizing in Um, May, June and July. Uh, And then for um, another retreat, we're organizing in September um, for Nomad Haven, which you're also part of. So that's a closed community um, that already exists, uh, which makes it easier with regards to marketing and, you know, uh, reaching the people, of course, because Mm. this community is already in place virtually. and they would like to uh, meet in person in a place. So um, we collaborate for this uh, community retreat uh, to build something where uh, the physical interaction can happen and the yeah. co-creation. So
0: yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. I really hope I can make it. <laughs> it's in my calendar already. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would you say? But yeah, when did, when did you actually start on Oh, first? Okay, from
1: first things first. Why a Gaia? What does it mean, Austin, or? Mm. Um, It's actually a fantasy name of um, our godchild. Can you say that in English? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the son of um, one of our very good friends. Um, and he doesn't speak a lot, but this was one of the first words that he could say. And it kind of became this like um, motivational... Uh, how do you say word uh um expression Mm -hmm. uh, that he was always uh screaming and we were following along so um that's the origin and then we were brainstorming on a name and we were in vacation together um with us so we had a little naming workshop for our project and uh came up with this word and also we found out that gaia means something like everything living or like um Kind of holistic uh, universe. So there's a lot of meaning to the word Gaia. Yeah, yeah. so that aligned very well with with, uh, what we are building here. Absolutely, it's
0: a beautiful name. I really like it. Uh, What what have you? What do you think right now is the biggest challenge for you in your in your project?
1: Hmm. I think finding finding the location and finding the group (laughs) (laughs) to. (laughs) to do something in the long term and of course growing the community so i've definitely underestimated um the effort it takes even for these first experiences that we're building um to really get commitment from of people to to join and to um also having the right people you know um because we we have a very special concept in a special Mm. location and um so it's very unique so yeah um growing this community and um delivering what we what we promise i think that's that's one of the very current challenging challenges um and then in the long term uh when we look at the co-living that we want to establish here that's a permanent space um i guess yeah, how do you find the, the, the group that you want to share your personal life with in a very close way? Also, like invest together in something. Um, I think that has to be a really, really strong bond, which is why this one or two year renting or testing phase is is definitely crucial. Also, from that perspective, right? Um, Absolutely. Can we imagine living together for long term? Do we have the same like long term vision and values? Um and then growing the community around this, and I guess maybe the space even comes after that, um, from like a priority standpoint. Mm. That's an
0: interesting. I don't know, or maybe we're lucky one. like you, <laughs>
1: and and you just like something happens. Like I'm always also seeing what opportunities arise and like to you know take mm. them. But yeah. what
0: I've uh, what I've come to realize. But then again, like you say, I'm lucky that this place arrived, but. What I've come to realize now that we're here is that we were first thinking, let's find, because we've been wanting, oh, especially me, but we've been wanting to live with other people for a while. Uh, and so it's been a struggle trying to figure out who to live with. Uh, like you mm-hmm. say, like making sure, because there's co-living for like shorter terms and shorter terms mm-hmm. can be... One week, two, three, four months. I still consider this shorter term. And then there's co living for, you know, the long term for you, really establish yourself somewhere and settle down. Um, And that's what we want, like the second one. And so, how to pick the people that you want to live with for a long time, is this and really establish a life with, is very, uh, very complicated. And so we thought, let's find the people first, but. Mm -hmm. the problem is that did you (laughs) we didn't I mean I mean yeah we do have friends that we think they could be a good match but it's really um yeah it's it's you meet like you you gather for dinner at your place you invite your friends and you're like oh it would be so great if we lived together Mm -hmm. yeah it would be great but then yeah you know it's really hard to kind of like make anything happen whereas now that
2: now that we have the space we
0: have the, the first break of the dream, you know what I mean? So we can actually, what we've done also during the pop-up co-living is that we, we've we invited those people, those friends that we felt, oh, maybe, because then we can live together, experience it in the place and see first if we still feel like it's a good match, but also for them, right? To feel like, mm-hmm. do I like this place? Would I engage myself? Like, will I feel like this is home? So finding the place has really been so helpful uh, to find the people. I think yeah, Uh, makes makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's (laughs) it's very interconnected. But what you say makes total sense because even for me now, just putting these retreats out there and and establishing the website and starting to communicate and being involved in different uh, communities, I already get so much response and, and people who like our project, who want to become part of it in any way. So even before um, yeah before fixing something uh, with the group to move forward, but just to put an idea out there and uh, make it concrete um, attracts the people who um, look for something like this, because it is right. very unconventional uh, life concepts still, even though I think we in our bubble for us, the co-living or generally being this free in the way we we maybe live um, seems normal, but when I look around, then I always notice that it is actually quite um, a different lifestyle and and really to commit to that also with regards to maybe um, Founding a family at one point, uh, or some—that's also definitely something that we think about in the future. Like, where do we send our our kids to school? Mm. The Italian school system is not like super attractive for us, so that's another—that's a whole other story to think about. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of commitment involved, of course. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I mean, if there's also that some of our friends want to have children, and it's like, I think they—I mean—it feels like they want to raise them with other people around not alone and then yeah with my partner we've decided not to have kids but doesn't mean that we don't want to have kids around and it's like it would mm-hmm. be fun to be someone's you know aunt or uncle and it'd be the fun aunt you know and just uh yeah yeah so <laughs> it's it's also what
1: we're trying to create some kind of multi-generational um place. yeah um, and I think there's so much in community especially for kids that they can learn we were just staying at this eco village um last summer uh where there were i think six kids around and they mm-hmm. had their own um kind of alternative homeschooling system set up uh, with with a bigger group um so i quite like that um and you can really tell how these kids they were in the nature they were all different um like a very diverse group of people from different generations but also uh, different backgrounds and nationalities around and i think it just benefited them so much they were so free and they would be so curious i never saw any of these kids like in front of an ipad only once for the whole month like yeah it's i think it can be so rich um and growing up in like a smaller village um i definitely loved uh, that as a child uh, it was very like you know being in the nature and and uh, knowing everyone around me but then it got like very difficult when I became a teenager <laughs> I just wanted to be in the big city and then so on but yeah can't have it all but I think generally there's just um, for yeah there's just so much value in in community and also the support um, that we get from each other raising kids right um, so you don't have to do it alone all the time
0: <laughs> yeah and raising kids or raising anything really or anyone like yeah, it, it can apply to I mean we have a dog honestly yeah uh, raising yourself <laughs> and raising yourself and you're growing, growing so as much person, better yeah. around other people than growing on your own is very hard um, absolutely and so I'm guessing I'm guessing it's, then it's two part of the like a Gaia is, is the, the retreats and the co-living shorter term even though i haven't asked you how long are you planning for those periods to be
1: yeah so well the retreats we're just testing out a little Mm. bit um we are also super interested to do more retreats for teams or for already Mm. existing communities um or once we have grown our community to a to a good size i think but um these retreats are more like if we bring someone in that we collaborate with um Mm. uh that would like to um, do a specific workshop or do something but eventually we would also like to do that at our co-living space see, once we yeah. have found it <laughs> um, and then maybe collaborate with the village that's close by or the agriturismo, or some mm. like who, who are around in the area um, to be able to host more people for a certain period of time um, but down the line we're really thinking for like a long-term yeah. kind of um, more low-key co-living um, community where um, there are some residents really living there permanently, and then maybe yeah some some travelers. A uh, yeah. little bit of fluctuation. Yeah. Oh, same for me.
0: <laughs> and how many people are yeah. you thinking in terms of group size? Like when you envision your like long term co living, what do you think? How many? I'm people... thinking
1: like between. I have the number twelve in my head. I don't know why, but it's something like between ten and fifteen. I think would be good good group size. Sounds good, yeah. (laughs) We are even thinking of um, establishing like a network of different, or like we are doing it already in Italy, um, different projects who have the same um, approach and the same concept as we do uh, to do something together so that people can visit the different places and still find kind of the same community. But I could also imagine extending this and uh, like to other countries and of course I do have already um, a lot of connections in Germany naturally and um some in Spain um because I myself see a little bit I'm a little bit afraid if I get too bored being in one place all the time because I haven't done that yet so I feel yeah. in, the need to settle I love being in nature and um being like outside and and remote but I also like the big cities and I also like to travel so um, having like a fixed base where you could be some parts of the year but it doesn't have to be 12 months so I'm thinking maybe I could be you know two months in another co-living somewhere else that we collaborate with or be like um, a network where you also have to have the option to jump around a bit um, that's something I have in the back of my mind just for <laughs> to give me personally this opportunity to uh, go live in other spaces but also I think it could be very good from a community perspective so yeah not everyone has to has to do all the work uh, by themselves and I think there's so much potential and alignment in and collaboration and, and networking down the line so that's another yeah thought I had um, like looking looking at the long-term possibilities we could mm. we could do but yeah
0: yeah, co-living hub had this idea as well to do some kind of pass ah. in between, but that was more for like short, like digital nomad co livings but still uh-huh. uh, it's the same concept. So it would be for all our members, Would we would create a path that if you're going to, I don't know, for example, Chateau Co-living, um, you you can get that pass, and it will give you access or a discount or whatever. We haven't figured uh, it out, but like, and then you could go to Swiss Escape or whatever. Yeah. Place. Um,
1: so, like a that, membership, but for the for the community, it's like, or let's say for yeah. the clients, so to say, itself, but not just for us as operators in a way.
0: Ah, I see. Okay. Yeah, and that was uh, that was brought up because we did an, uh, a retreat for co living uh, hub members in. Um, in October last year. And that was brought up oh. during the, the retreat. Someone brought it up and everybody thought it was a great idea, but then you actually need the manpower to work on it. So we haven't done that yet, but that's oh. really something that
1: we're talking about a lot, yeah. Count me in for sure. Yeah, great. <laughs> that's good to um, know. <laughs> no, it's it's really interesting. And in, as I can only speak for Italy now. And I mean, I'm also part of Co-Living cool Hub and I love the work, just thinking of this as a community um, already um and for Italy the people that I've spoken with uh since I started the project um who are working on similar projects or um yeah who have who who share our vision um all of them really without exception were so open to um just exchange ideas mm-hmm. and experiences and so on and it's just so beautiful because we all believe in community and we believe in the yeah in the value of it and like it's it's higher than the individual let's say uh co-livings or or companies if you want so that's something that i really um have missed a lot in my in my corporate career i would say um where everything was about competition and like yeah money so um i'm really grateful for this new perspective that that it brought it's Mm -hmm. refreshing for sure (laughs) yeah
0: what uh, what would you say is the the key for a a community to to thrive because you've experienced you you were mentioning earlier that there are mm. different living cultures which i find it very interesting uh in your experience what what would you say is the one or several keys for for a community to to work
1: mm. um one of the things from my experience, is definitely um, a sort of um, equality. So everyone should have the right voice. Um, I experienced in some of the communities there was one, let's say, founding team or one founder who had the initial idea um, and who was maybe a bit too strong with their vision or their values um, to put on everything else. So I I think it's very important to be very fair and give everyone kind of the same voice. But of course you need a framework of values that people should buy in with, let's say. Um, So I think it can be very challenging, but um, for me only if I feel like I'm heard the same way as someone else, then I'm also uh, willing to contribute and, and motivated to really become part of the community. Otherwise I'm like staying somewhat distant and and out of it so Mm -hmm. that's that's one of the things like i would say from an operational point of view let's say but um shared values for sure like having just similar values being purpose driven and and sharing um kind of the why you were there um being intentional about living in a community not just seeing it as a place to sleep, where I can also work from. You know, um, like identifying with with everything that co-living stands for. Um, and then I think it's up to the co-living to really define what do they stand for. And maybe it is just a place to sleep, or just you know um, a place to work from. That's also okay. But then it's a it's a different concept. And and it should be very clearly and transparently, I think, defined of um, what culture are we building here and can you identify with it, then you're super welcome to join and otherwise it might be more tricky, you know? Yeah. How's your experience with that? Well, Sometimes. I absolutely
0: agree. I mean, I come from, I come from, sounds weird, but my my first encounter with co-living, my first experience was a residential, so long-term and intentional community uh, so a self-run community that didn't have management so everyone oh. in the community had a role to play basically the concept of like nothing happens if nothing happens like if you don't do anything mm-hmm. nothing will happen right so mm-hmm. the community is just as bad as you know the next person if you, if you decide <laughs> not to do anything um so for me this is kind of my baseline is like i i strongly uh agree with the whole fairness and equality and obviously you need a structure i've also learned that the hard way without structure there's absolute chaos then it needs to be super equal then it needs to be uh, there's a few things we used to say in that community back in sweden is like don't ask what the community can do for you ask what can you do for the community Mm -hmm. And that was kind of always Mm -hmm. like yeah in the back of our head and as soon as i might see that one (laughs) I mean, I yeah. don't know who owns it, so take it. <laughs> uh, but something we also love to say is like, in doubt, give. So mm-hmm. if you if you find yeah. yourself like, oh my god, this is not working, I don't know what's going on. Instead of being like in you know in this negative mindset of oh, I'm going to retreat. Yeah. No, that's the you should do the opposite. Is like yeah, you put yourself out there, uh, gift something, and you'll you'll feel so much better. And then the community yeah. will react to that in a positive way as well. So yeah, so absolutely this fairness and and like everybody being heard and everybody being encouraged to participate and be empowered to participate. Because as soon as you start treating the people as customers, they will act like Mm -hmm. customers and they will retrieve and they'll wait for things to be served. And it's really hard. I mean, I've experienced it now in the the pop-up. It's really, really, really hard to not fall into that relationship of, delivering a service customer service so that's why I find long-term co-living easier in a way because Mm. when it's a shorter term someone's coming for a week or two you just want to deliver a lot of you know you want like things to be ready for them and it's yeah it's a different dynamic so I had to learn a lot because my experience was much more in the long-term co-living so I really really had to learn a lot during the pop-up and yeah what, what else did you say the whole um
1: the, the shared values uh, yeah shared not, values absolutely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's uh and that's, also that's defining
0: key. having your key values of course like for us here we, we have some but also being open to mm-hmm. like collaborate on new values maybe or defining with
1: people what those values yeah.
0: mean or how can they be embodied i don't know yeah
1: yeah i think the 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 tricky part and the most important part is probably finding exactly this balance between all the different aspects of how fixed are you on the values what's like a no-go and what's maybe something we can talk about like I would um, generally eat vegetarian but if someone you know w- doesn't like vegetarian food or needs something else then that's okay we can like talk around it but you know, then there are some like hard no-go's that we Mm -hmm. would not want, you know, to, to happen Um, or also how much, you know, everyone needs, I think the, the concept of giving freedom to everyone. And I think everyone needs their privacy and their freedom. And that's super important to me because I'm a very free person myself, but at the same time, you like to have contribution um, at the place and there's a giving and taking. And so there's a lot of, Um, aspects I think which are kind of contrary but need a good balance and change with every group every dynamic of every group constellation in a way so one new person coming in can change the whole thing
0: (laughs) absolutely Um, right so yeah Yeah, I think being as as much as possible managing expectation so what's expected Mm -hmm. and not being afraid of saying what you expect right it's like I think one thing that yeah. I've learned as well is that I've read this book called the art of gathering I'm telling that to everyone so if you've been listening to more than one <laughs> I'm episode you will hear it again but it's called it's uh written by Priya Parker and she talks about organizing events but I, I think it applies to everything in life and there is this quote where she says to create the room you need to close the door mm-hmm. and I think It's such a powerful quote. I mean, obviously, we don't want to feel like we're excluding anyone. But the problem is that if we also don't, if we don't have any identity, if we're saying yes to everything, you can't contain, you don't have a container anymore. And you don't, you don't set expectation, you don't set rules, you don't set guidelines. And it's going to be chaos. And yes, no one's going to feel rejected, but no one's going to identify either because there's yeah. nothing to identify to. And so being kind of like, there's something I really like. I don't know if you've been on the website of Chateau Co-Living, but the they list, it's a yeah, it's a co-living in Normandy and they list. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I know them,
0: yeah. Who is this for? And then it says mm-hmm. like, if you enjoy, you know, French culture, if you want to explore. And then next to it, there's who is this not for yeah and i think that was when well, the first time i saw it i'm like this is really bold you know but it's great because there's nothing wrong with being recognizing yourself in who is this not for we're not saying these people are bad but if you're coming yeah. just because you want a cheap <laughs> stay in a chateau clearly you're yeah. not in the right place right so yeah. yeah those things being a bit bold to really make sure that you're attracting the, the people that will be right for your community is is very mm-hmm. very important
1: Yeah, daring to exclude, I think that's something I haven't really dared yet, but I had the exact same talk with uh, someone who was giving me some advice on on marketing and she was also saying like you need to, you can't have it like super diverse and open to everyone because then people don't identify And, and I do have the what's it for list, but I didn't write a what's it not for list and that's something I would probably need to do, yeah. I That's think what point. helps me
0: what helps me uh, accept this is that I tell myself that community is for everyone but not every community is for everyone. So yeah. there is a community for everyone but not always is it going to be you know there's not just one for everyone. So um and I think we're really afraid of of you know yeah being called out for excluding and it doesn't have to be yeah. like it doesn't have to say it doesn't have to be that harsh uh it's just finding a way in the copy or in the whatever communication is finding a way to say if you're like that you're going to thrive here if you're not it's going to be a struggle if you're Mm -hmm. ready for that struggle welcome if you're ready Mm -hmm. to kind of like push through
2: but if you know that you're
0: not and you're not open to you know maybe change a bit then then why put yourself through this
1: in a way yeah yeah that's that's a really good point Mm
0: -hmm.
1: i could go on forever but i feel like i've
0: I've (laughs) asked you most of my questions uh do you have any things that you wanted to dive into before we kind of close
1: no like any learnings that you can maybe share um other than what we already talked about from your journey so many (laughs) so many different things I'm opening a new box now Okay.
2: uh, I mean there's
0: so much honestly and once again there's so much that I've learned living in that community in Sweden and that I thought I had kind of like oh yeah I've got this I understood and Mm -hmm. the pop-up I was like oh my god like even though I know in theory it's so hard to apply it Mm -hmm. so I guess my biggest learning would be freaking relax. I was so stressed. Like I was so stressed that people would not have a good time. But at the end of the day, everyone has to take ownership of their experience as well, right? You're you're providing as much as you can. I mean, I feel like I've provided as much as I could. I've set expectation. Um, Once I've done that... If people still not ha- are not having a good time, maybe it's not the right community for them. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's not me, right? It's accepting that. I think yeah right? was was a very very important lesson. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I mean, there's millions of them, but um, accepting change, that mm-hmm. was also it's so hard because you set something up, you kind of like imagine how it's going to be and then it's not like that. And for you, it's disappointing because you had pictured something, but for them, it's not because they didn't know. So they're happy. Mm
1: -hmm. So Mm -hmm.
0: like accepting that things are not going to be exactly how you had planned them, uh, but that it's still going to be great uh, or not. But that, you know, that you Mm -hmm. can't control Mm it 100%. Gosh, (laughs) i don't know i feel like there's um i mean not to 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 uh, blow my own horn i think that's the expression but i did write a book about my experience in in 9 uh in the the space in sweden ah the
1: cake the cake one yeah the cake one share your cake yeah Yeah, yeah, oh how's the
0: title just so we have it on record have (laughs) your your cake and share it too I Um, i wanted to buy it already i will but uh i mean not to make you buy it or anything if you've I could say no but I wanted wanted that but it's just like I think all of my lessons are definitely in there it's like the importance the importance of structure absolutely having a lot of structure yeah the importance of having some rules that are non-negotiables like fire safety you know
1: harassment yeah
0: like that yeah and some guidelines that are negotiables that but having a Mm -hmm. process for how things are decided how do we communicate Mm -hmm. yeah really explaining everything in super detail because people are always gonna ask a question um <sighs> eating together absolutely, mm-hmm. number one activity that has to that has to happen
1: yeah what you say about it being a very like personal journey as well and um that's maybe something that I'm like struggling with the most at the moment because I always feel like if if I'm if the project it's not successful whatever we find define as, as successful it's kind of my my personal failure or um you know it's it's um I'm trying to put some like it makes me very vulner vulnerable um in general to to start something like this and share my living with others um and also be so yeah kind of I don't see myself as, as this like leader person so uh, I'm, I believe in community and I want to find a group to live together and I want to have this great space and to operate it. Um, but I don't like to be the one going going up front, you know. Mm. And, and so that's kind of... Um, anyways, but yeah. Uh, I yeah. feel like uh, there's so much I need to um, learn myself for, for this um, and also being brave and uh, not having imposter syndrome and, <laughs> and just, yeah, going uh communicating my my vision and my mm. wishes and and everything
0: but I think co-living is the greatest school in a way of life you get to experience so much and learn so much and grow so much so fast I mean of course you're experiencing discomfort mm. more than if you weren't co-living but mm-hmm. uh, I guess one lesson that I'm remembering now is uh showing vulnerability and creating trust for me has Mm -hmm. been the biggest thing It's like it's if if I feel like I've done my best and yet people are still like not happy or complaining Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I guess it's totally fine at some point to say listen I'm doing my best here I'm Mm -hmm. so stressed out that you're not having a good time but I don't know what else I can do and usually, I mean, I would say 98% of the time people will connect to that. They'll feel like, okay, she's heard me. She She's showing me her true self, right? She's not giving me a yeah. bullshit like uh, customer service answer. And usually that really is a great way to deflate uh, kind of like the start of a conflict or something. Um, so yeah, I find that showing vulnerability instead of always trying to be super like i've got everything under control yeah is actually a good way for to create a, a relationship of trust with the people you're living with yeah
1: yeah, yeah and, and creating this this safe space I think yeah. is just so important um mm-hmm. and I have this with my my friends or with my partner we have like a super open communication on our needs and and uh, and I just love that it brings us uh, so close and if you manage to have this and a group of people um everyone being able to express their desires and, and requirements and needs um I think that's yeah that's basically all you can do and then if it yeah. still doesn't work out you know <laughs> yeah Yeah, exactly
0: boundaries uh, sharing like expressing your boundaries and Mm -hmm. giving healthy feedback and like yeah having an open communication is so important but I think those things are not a given I mean I had to learn those things I didn't know when I moved into the college. people started saying stuff like I need to share my boundaries or even like someone saying let's have a check-in or thank you for sharing like this kind of thing this kind of vocabulary was not something I knew so I it's it's good to also Mm -hmm. not take things for granted and and create spaces for people to to learn about that to
1: yeah yeah
0: say okay here this is what we like to do this is how we like to talk you know and it's okay and it's okay to not be okay as well like yeah it's Gosh, there's so much.
1: There's so much. Yeah. that Yeah. One um... one more thing that I also um just remembered when you when you uh, were talking, uh, like expressing gratefulness or, or just saying thank you in a way. We did that a lot. And the one um co living I was in Spain last uh, year was really about everyone was contributing, but it wasn't. We didn't have like a schedule for doing things. It was more like if someone picked up the trash or if someone um drove. others with the car somewhere everyone was like really thanking that person so this way we established a culture of really being very um contributive and sharing because we we kind of learned it would be valued um so that's a different way as putting your um kind of cleaning schedule on the bathroom door and and,
0: Mm. uh, absolutely i think people want to be acknowledged and efforts want to be recognized and it's completely normal and I think it's such, if it works, I mean, it doesn't work everywhere, but it, it mm-hmm. did work where I was. And uh, we had uh, also this kind of like, and and it also helped. Uh, we also had this thing where if someone was done, some something was done wrong, like I left a candle uh, once burning, super dangerous. And someone found it and they shared on the Slack and they said, oh, guys, don't leave a candle. You know? And I said, gosh, I'm so sorry, that was me. And instead of having a backlash of how can you do something like that? You're so stupid. A lot of people answered, thank you for taking accountability. Thank you for sharing. It happens to everyone. Blah, blah, blah. And so mm-hmm. having this space where of course I recognize I did something wrong, but I wasn't bitten for it. I was actually, yeah. you know, people were grateful that I I owned up to it. It shows yeah. that other people, if something similar happens and issue issues arises, we're not creating a, a culture of, oh, hiding and fear. Mm-hmm. You know? We're actually creating a, a psychological safety of sharing even yeah. when it's bad. So Yeah, yeah 100%
1: super interesting god i love yeah. this
0: conversation
1: i'm so glad we got to talk finally <laughs> really good
0: yeah i do have one last question for the podcast which uh, okay
1: is what makes a home for you mm, well feeling comfortable i can be my true self uh i think that's the most important things it doesn't necessarily have to be a specific setup or place um but having people around me or even if i'm on my own just being having having space to express myself and just truly live to my um yeah potential so to say maybe
0: love it Mm -hmm. yes that's nice thank you
2: Thank you so much for making it to the end. You'll find more information about my guest in the description of the episode. If you want to share your own experience or know someone who should, do reach out. I'm always looking for new stories.